Welcome to my hippie hood. Today I'm talking with my cousin, Heidi, who's like a big sister to me. Her dad, my mom's younger brother, visited my mom in New York back in the day and introduced her to the grass. The rest is history. We talk about how she was almost born in a VW bug and what propelled her to become a straight A student. Hi. Hi, Sean. Hi, Heidi. Welcome. Thank you. So I would like to know when I asked you about your hippiehood and sharing your story, what were some of the first feelings you had about that? Um, I love telling stories and I love especially telling stories of how I grew up because it's so entertaining for people. Um, And I think of my childhood with really good memories. Like I, I like talking about my, my childhood and growing up. So I was remembering a lot of fun stuff. Like when I was growing up, I was the only one of my friends that didn't have strict rules. You know, I didn't have a curfew. Uh, My parents let us drink and smoke in house, let me have boys sleep over. So my friends always stayed at my house because it was the most fun. The cool kid. Yeah. <laughs> so what would, why would you describe that your childhood was a hippiehood? Uh, I think because my parents were hippies. Um, they were just, you know, typical. They left Brooklyn, New York, Jewish world, and totally rebelled. They Originally, they, they moved to Hinton, West Virginia, and lived on a commune, and had me... Uh, in Hinton, West Virginia. And, you know, they were just surrounded by lots of long haired, you know, very alternative back then. Um, And just a lot of drugs were involved for sure. Do you remember, do you have some memories of West Virginia? Or were you too young? No, I think I was too young. But I did go back with my dad um, not too long ago. I guess I was, maybe it was a little bit ago. But I was an adult. I went back and visited with him. And it was interesting. I mean, it really was the house that um, I was, I well, I was supposed to be born at home. But they ended up having to rush me to the hospital. But um, that house was up this canyon this mountain canyon and like three miles of most ridiculous driveway, you know, all rutted out. And that house had no um, electricity, no plumbing. It had an outhouse. Um, And then we went into the town, you know, and, and my dad recognized all these people that he had known from way back when. And we went into this sweet little bakery And uh, it just, you know, so yeah, I didn't, I don't really have memories of it, but I I did get to get to experience it. Wasn't there a VW bug involved in your birth story? Yes. Yes. Can you tell us? Yes, for sure. That's one of the craziest stories actually was my mom um, was planning to have me at home and they had two cars ready for if they needed to get me to the hospital or get her to the hospital. And uh, according to my parents, it was a crazy scene. There were lots of people around and there was music and there was dancing and there was drug use. And somewhere along the way, two people drove off the cars that were there for backup. 
So the midwife was there and something came out before me that was, they think maybe like an undeveloped twin or they don't know what it was, but Mm. it scared the midwife and she wanted, she wanted my mom to go to the hospital. So the only car that was around was VW bug. So they had to shove my mom into that car to get to the hospital. And the funny part was, um, well, not funny. They called for an ambulance and it was taking a while. So they passed the ambulance on the way. The ambulance was headed to the house and we were headed to the hospital and they got to the hospital and there was one doctor there who didn't speak English, had this really strong uh, accent and, you know, was telling my mom, puss hot up. And, uh, and then the really, the saddest part about the whole story was protocol back then was to separate the baby from the mom the first night so Mm -hmm. she said the very first night she just heard me crying all night which is why I think I have abandonment issues but anyway (laughs) that's another that's another story (laughs) wow well that's that's like literally a wild ride yes (laughs) exactly I had remembered something about it and I guess you know knowing you my whole life I have a little advantage of sneaking in bits of your story but absolutely I will um I'll let you do most of that that's okay so how old were you when you moved from, from that I house? Think three. I think mm. I was like three. I don't really, I don't really remember it. Mm. And then they ended up in Batesville, Virginia. And that's really where I grew up. Mm. Yeah. Um, lots of memories. I mean, that's really my childhood home. That was the one where you guys parked your van in our driveway. Um, yeah, yeah, it was the stucco house up behind the little country store. And, you know, when I look back on it, I just can't believe how small the house was. And I actually did go back and visit one day. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I had my own room, um, but my brothers shared a room And their room was in the middle, like they didn't have doors on their room. So you'd go through their room to get to the only bathroom in the house and to my bedroom. So it's kind of strange. And then my parents' bedroom was upstairs and that was it upstairs. And so the five of us shared that bathroom. And I can remember like it was no big deal. Someone would be on the toilet. Someone would be in the shower. Someone be at the sink. And there'd be like two people at the door waiting their turn to get in. (laughs) <laughs> this little teeny yeah. tiny bathroom it's crazy we had potlucks like every Sunday they would have you know all their friends over and there was always people playing music and I just have like little bits and pieces of memories like we didn't meet at the main table with our parents ever they put us on the back porch me and my brothers and if we had friends mm-hmm. over or whatever and we were terrible I mean we had no manners we were like little animals, feral animals. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to learn manners from my friends, you know, because I didn't really know how to act at a table. We were always outside and always just, oh, we had a chicken house that was, um, well, it used to be a chicken house and we converted it into our playhouse. We used to play cards in there and have snacks in there and stuff. But yeah, my parents, like there was not much structure in my house and I was like a really driven straight A student and they were always like, why do you do so much homework? You know, why don't you just take a night off? And I was like, why don't you guys stop being so loud downstairs so I can get my work done? Mm. It was kind of role reversal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Did they, would you say, like, by the time you moved to that house that they started becoming more yuppified or, like, um, did they did they look like hippies at that point? Like, would your friends be like, oh, I your think, parents are... I think it changed when my mom opened her, um, she opened a business. She started a travel agency. And, and, and even before that, she was going to work and she had, like, a real job. So she kind of had to look the part. Um, I, I feel like my dad, it took my dad longer to, to transition mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think money was a factor like having to be part of the world but you know still always smoking pot and still totally laid back I feel like their values were their values and we followed a guru around and they still do sort mm-hmm. of to some mm-hmm. degree yeah so I mean I, I feel like the values were always there you know yeah they still are really it's like if you still consider them hippies I think so I mean they're definitely you know, super left, um, very open-minded and, you know, accepting of alternative and very much, you know, for, you know, the greater good and all that stuff. So I, I, I think their values are, I don't think, I mean, my dad has a really nice big house now and they dress like, you know, normal. They, they don't really look Mm -hmm. like hippies anymore. Yeah, when your dad has a sign at his house that says hippies use the back door. Yeah. I wanted more structure, you know, like I wanted that mom who like picked out clothes for me and packed my lunch for me and went to PTA meetings. And, you know, I was embarrassed of my parents when I was growing up. Like I, it wasn't until later that I thought they were cool just too much freedom almost in a way and Mm. so I raised my boys like I I needed them to have more structure I wanted more structure for them Mm. yeah let's let's talk about your boys and and more so they're they're 19 and 20 now 19 Mm -hmm. and 20 yeah so I think it's really interesting like they you know your parents came from Brooklyn they were kind of like abandoning the structure that they had as as children and went all the way to this complete freedom and then as a kid you're like well, actually no I want more of that so yeah talk about how that how that played out with your boys yeah I think that's just how the pendulum swings right you know I mean mm-hmm. they go all the way to the left and I wanted to go a little bit more to the right but um yeah I felt very overwhelmed as a kid with so many options and no guidance, no direction. You know, they were like, whatever you want to do, do want to go to school. That's fine. Wherever you want to go, whatever you want to study. Like, and I just, I, I, the world just seemed too big to me. So yeah, for my boys, my thing was like, whatever I saw that they were interested in, um, I supported them a hundred percent and encouraged them to, to get into it. So we had a deal like, you know, if they signed up for a sport, and I paid for it, they had to finish out the whole season. Kind mm-hmm. of freedom within structure. I also really liked how my parents were so um, liberal with me and not super strict. And I do the same uh, like that with, for my boys. So it's kind of like you took the pendulum and you swung it like to the center rather than going all the way to the oh, other no. side. Yeah, because I so much value the way they raised me was like, there was just trust, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like when my friends, their parents were so strict, they would lie to their parents or they would sneak out mm-hmm. and, you know, they didn't have a good relationship with their parents. And that's what I valued 
you know, that's, I felt like I, you know, I could come to my parents with anything and I, and I appreciated that. And then just kind of letting me learn my lessons the hard way, you know, so I, I liked all of that, that, that my parents did for me. So I definitely brought that in for my boys. Hmm. Did they have like, did they kind of want that communal living that they started out with in West Virginia and kind of, was there any sense that they had a compromise once they had kids or did they ever like continue talking about like that, that as a utopia or as a dream yeah, or at I, that point? Where I they... think they got really disillusioned in West Virginia. Like, I don't know the details of the story, but there was a political, like it was, it got down to the politics of power within the commune and they resented it. And so then they chose just to have a nuclear family after that. What was one thing that you most loved about having had these hippie parents and a liberal upbringing? Yeah, I think the thing that I loved the most was just feeling free, you know, in my home. Um, I never had to hide anything from them. I knew I could do anything. I mean, they had a couple rules. Like mine was don't get pregnant um, and don't drive with someone who's been drinking. Um, but I just, I, you know, they just kind of flowed with the punches and whatever came up and we could talk to them about anything. And like, I had my, my boyfriend was sleeping over at the house when I was 16 years old. And I think about that now, I can't Mm -hmm. believe it, but Mm. just anything. Like I can remember this one time I was tripping on acid and I called my dad at like four in the morning to come get me because one of the girls I was with was having a really bad trip and he did. He showed up and picked me up and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like so many things that, that like, I can't imagine most parents would have done that, you know. Can you give us a snapshot of your life today? Like, of what, course. What's it like? what's I a... am yeah. living my, the woman that you've yes. become. <laughs> I am living my best life right now. Um, the only thing missing is to be able to travel more and to be in warm places, especially during the winter. But other than that, like I I live in a beautiful house. Um, it is this gorgeous house on a lake and it really looks like a beach house. You know, it's just very open and it's, there's, I've got most gigantic bedroom, bathroom, closet, and every um, room in the house overlooks the lake. So we can just walk right down and get on the water. And that's a huge part of my life, um, being close to the waters. I basically was able to convert all of my work to um, mobile. So I teach um, exercise classes on Zoom. And also I still teach at the YMCA in town. And then I coach clients. And I that's all I do all day long. And it's just fun and purposeful and healthy. And I feel like I'm doing good work in the world. Um, My boys do still live with me, um, which is fine, but they're kind of adults now. You know, they do their thing. Mm -hmm. I do my thing. uh, They pay rent. Mm. Well, and I love that they're the relationship you have with them, that they're the age they are and they're like cool with still being around you. And I think that really speaks to that balance of the freedom ideals that your parents had and that Mm -hmm. you have. Um, I'm not there. Yeah, they like me. It's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, they think I'm, they joke that I'm a a 14 year old boy stuck in a 48 year old woman's body. (laughs) (laughs) I think they used to be embarrassed of me, but now they're like Snapchat and show their friends. (laughs) Hmm. And and all their friends are like, your mom's so cool. (laughs) 
there's such a theme of I think just like being the adolescent years like just being uncomfortable and awkward I think that it's like I mean outside of people having a hippie or a unique upbringing it's just such a common feeling and then you come around and you're like oh okay I'm now I I'm good with myself. Yeah, I'm going to appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's I've been hearing. I've been hearing that a lot. Very normal, no matter what kind of upbringing that you had. I think that's really true. Yeah, I used to beg my dad not to embarrass me. I'd be like he would pick me up from like a seventh grade dance. And I'd be like, please, for once, could you just not talk and just act normal? You know, and he did one night. He picked me up for seventh grade dance and he was wearing a. um, he, He dressed as like a the doorman. And so he was wearing this tuxedo shirt and he opened the door for all my friends and they got the kick out of the whole thing. But that was his version so he of didn't... being normal. Yeah. And that was his version of not saying anything yes. except he <laughs> said it with his clothes. Yeah. Can you do the impression of my mom when I was naughty and I needed to go to the van? I'm going to put you in the van. yes Uh, I remember I have memories of you guys growing up too when um we were on a road trip and I remember Mariah like crying for McDonald's (laughs) like he wanted McDonald's so bad that was never gonna happen (laughs) that's that's my brother yeah Yeah. it's so fun to dive into your blast from the past Mm -hmm. And I have one more question for you, which is, what would have you wanted your kid self to know back then? Hmm. There, I, I was just going through my head like a lot of things because I've done so much work lately, like like personal development, self-help type of work lately. And I, I really did not have much self-confidence as a kid you know I think that the reason I got straight A's was because I was always looking for that approval and that validation and it started this whole pattern of always seeking that from the outside and not feeling like I'm enough on the inside but I would have loved to have known that you're you're totally whole Uh, you know you yourself and you and that you know, if someone is being conditional with their love for you, then you don't need it, you know, because love should be unconditional. I, when I think of my childhood, I feel really lucky. I really do. I mean, I hear, you know, in my coaching profession right now, like I hear the stories, like I just can't believe that things like this happen, that, that parents treat children so badly. You know, I just can't believe it. It breaks my heart a thousand times. And so I think about like, I feel you you don't know where you're going to be born into, you know, the fact that I was born in America as a white female in the family that I did, I was a lucky person. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Hippie Hood podcast. If you yourself had a hippie hood and would call yourself a 70s baby, early 80s child, please get in touch. We'd love to hear your story. You can follow us on Instagram at myhippiehood.